Welcome to the Oyster Stew Podcast. I'm Bob Mooney, General Counsel for Oyster Consulting. In this week's podcast, our strategic planning and execution experts, Pete Bowman, Jay Donlin, Jeff Wilk, and Jeff Gearhart, explore the four critical areas that are impacting the clearing and custody industry. Join us as our experts discuss how technology, economics, client engagement, and risk and compliance are reshaping the way financial professionals operate. Let's get started. Pete? I kind of want to welcome everyone to another podcast as part of a series of uh, podcasts that David Williams, my partner, and I started a while back talking about the clearing industry, clearing and custody, I should say, uh, talking with the about the where the broker dealers are at these days and where the RIAs are at and the independents and what's what's driving this change. And I think if you've listened to the past podcast, you've come to understand there are sort of four key, four key critical areas that are really uh, pushing this uh, the industry, and those those four key are technology. Technology is ever changing right now. Um, it's it's really it's really driving a need within the industry, which is now moving into economics. Uh, on this, at the same time, economics within the clearing and custody industry is being driven by interest rates and what's going on there. We haven't seen this in a long time. We've also seen a lot of our clients uh, looking at. Uh, how they own the client, the client engagement. How do they how do they command more uh, presence with the client? And when you start introducing the uh, clearing firms or custodians in this, sometimes advisors get a little bit of leery as to do I control the client or does the firm? And in certain situations, when we're dealing with the larger uh, broker dealers or larger institutions, they do want to control that client messaging. So with all that being said, we have those factors and in the fourth, which is everybody's favorite, which is risk and compliance, the regulatory side of the business. Uh, that's also driving what we see as a lot of trends in our industry. So today we actually thought we would bring some of our consultants to the package. These are the individuals that actually are on the ground with our, with our clients. And I'd like to start off by introducing Jeff Wilk. And Jeff Wilk has a couple themes he sees from a technology front. So Jeff, why don't you kind of tell the audience what you're seeing? No, absolutely, Pete, and thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, there's so much going on within the space and uh, with my area of focus really is on technology, technology platforms and things like that. And there've been a number of studies done over the past, I'd call it six months or so, trying to get a new benchmark, a new sense for where where the consumer, the investor is really focusing. And, and one once that really grabbed my attention, which was that 79% of customers today don't feel that their financial services firms have really helped them provide and prepare for the economic uncertainty. That, that, that's an incredible statistic. And it, it, it feeds into so many of the other activities we've seen whether it's consolidation, whether it's um, a kind of this resurgence of the interest in the human to human interaction, um, as opposed to what, you know, for the past, let's call it broadly 10 years was, was robo and digital exclusively was a push for. Um, and so we're starting to see things cycle back um, because of complexity and because of technology enhancements um and things like that so i think there's an awful lot going on in the space that's generating some new interest um obviously there there's a lot of new buzz out there about artificial intelligence um there's also some incredibly interesting commentary from some pretty public interviews done 
where heads of IT departments with mega, I'll call them mega platforms, came right out and said, you know, artificial intelligence is, is critical to our future. But, and they fill in the butt with saying, we don't exactly know what it's doing. We've deployed it, but we're not exactly sure what it's doing. That's another, uh, you know, really to me, I don't want to say scary, but it's a very interesting comment about how do you, how do you deploy when you don't, fully understand what something is doing and yet everybody is pushing for it at the same time. So Pete, I think there is there's a lot of different factors out there going on, whether it's uncertainty in the ec economy, which you kind of always have to some degree or another, whether it's the deployment of technology to make things simple, and then yet a resurgence in the desire for uh, human interaction to help guide you through the more complex times um, in a person's wealth management journey. Yeah, as a, as a question to you, Jeff, um, with that, with with you making those comments, I've seen a kind of this 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 interest in certain smaller firms actually looking at a fractional CTO, where in fact that you know they understand their bench strength is only to a certain level. Uh, technology is getting really fast; uh, you have to stay up to speed on it. So. We sense that a lot of firms are starting looking at how do they augment their current CTO. Do you, do you sense that as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with it being a fractional CTO. It's really coming into play. And it's not a knock on the smaller firms whatsoever. It, it's the speed of technology. Um, and to stay up to date with what is changing, you, you can't do it alone. Right. And and the smaller firms, in many cases, like most small businesses, have individuals who are wearing multiple hats. Well, technology is not a multiple hat job. Right. Right. You, you, right? You've got to be focused. So I think that fractional CTO is absolutely growing. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff Wilk. Jeff Wilk does a great job for us. I'd like to switch real quick and go to Pete McAteer. Pete McAteer is one of our top guys, been around here with me for very, very long time. Um, consider him a partner, and, and and I think he has a good view on this topic, and that's the topic of um, sort of ownership of your own flexibility, commanding your own um, uh, your own platform. So in one sense, we talk about how do I get help with that uh, fractional CTO or looking at a clearing firm instead of being self-clearing, or if I'm self-clearing, you know, do I do I give it up now to someone who has more of this technology capacity? But Pete, how do these particular customers in your mind, what are their views on, you know, ownership, flexibility? You know, they want to be open, but they want to control it. Do you how are you seeing some of the big clients do that? Yeah, uh, thanks, Pete. Um, ownership is a is is a tough one because everybody wants to own. Everyone everyone wants control, but at what cost? You know, and that's where we were talking the, the notion of the fractional CTO, someone who is spending their entire time in their job um, focused on the industry's tools, the solution sets, the challenges that everyone's out there trying to tackle. Uh, but they can't afford a you know three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar a year uh, chief technology officer for a small firm. It just doesn't make any sense. So many of them you know, forego some of the opportunities, uh, whether it's self-clearing. Self-clearing, as we know, um, is, is takes a, a lot of depth of expertise, a lot of technology uh, needs, um, a lot of resources that, you know, their typical firm's not going to have. Um, 
with that, you know, you just you don't you don't even think about it. You don't get it, even give it a thought. But some firms out there are trying their best, their level best, to provide a more turnkey self-clearing opportunity for some of these firms that want to realize the pros, the, the positives, economics, control, operational efficiencies that going self-clearing would provide. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said there. Yeah. And, you know, you you were central to a couple of the engagements we've done uh, doing evaluations of giving up a BD. And these are some major brands that have decided that, hey, I don't want to do this anymore because of it's not the economics. It's basically when you look at the platform and how with the size of it compared to its mothership is what we say. It's mm-hmm. sometimes you're 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 very small in that component, um, even though you you command a wide audience and have a big brand. But you personally have been on the ground and watched firms having to make that. And this kind of goes on to some of the comments that Dave and I have made to see this kind of new era of this kind of affiliation happen. Any any comments on that? Yeah, just the overall investment and, con- and commitment to the platform and the technology needs to support a more efficient operational environment. We, we talk about the operating model quite a bit where we look at you know, optimizing your current vendor engagement, your current contracts. Are you getting all the value out of the contract? Are you getting what you're paying for? Is there more there? Is there a strategic partner with some of your vendors that you can reach out to, um, you know, garnering, looking for those efficiencies, the inefficiencies? Um, you know, what, what impact is that having on your investors? What impact is that having on your advisors? Um, the rest of your firm, the operational expense it takes to run the firm. Then you've got the economics. I mean, you, you mentioned this earlier, the economic, the rate environment and all that stuff. You know, that's one of the key levers. And right now it's it's a it's a it's it's a great environment if you're on the right side of that 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 revenue share and you can you can uh, garner a, a lot of profit there. And then you know the technology that runs all of this. I mean, we would say it underlies a lot of this. It's foundational, but it it really is the the uh, heart and soul of of the organization. And then on top of that, you get past that, then you're talking about managing data and data data sources and the analytics and developing information from that data that's reliable and you can run your business. So there's just so much there that it really does. Uh, tie tie a lot of smaller firms in knots. It ties larger firms. I mean, firms that I would never have thought uh, would be challenged in this space, but they've made some choices. They're going to focus on delivering advice. They're going to focus on investors, okay? And they're going to trust an outsourced provider to do the other commoditized work to make sure that their firm stays in compliance and uh, and basically out of the headlines. Right. You, you know, I chuckled, Pete, you and I have been in the trenches together a lot. And, you know, you've come up with the magic word of a lot of times we're giving marriage counseling, it seems. And it, it, <laughs> it's it's truly an interesting term, right. if you will. But, you know, your your relationship with your clearing or your custodian yeah. provider is a marriage. And it's, there's constant communication the whole nine yards is is needed at all times yep communication breakdown is the number one number one issue 
and where they just stop talking, they stop asking because you kept getting told no, so you don't ask anymore. Jeff Gearhart's another one of our uh, consultants within Platform Services here at uh, at Oyster Consultant. Jeff comes to us uh, with a with a with an unbelievable background, more in the capital markets area. And when we brought uh, Jeff over, we we were really good in the retail segment. We decided we'd really need to be good in the capital market segment, and that's the reason why Jeff Gearhart came over. And one of the first things that Jeff started to recognize was regulatory matters and how regulatory matters could bolster the need for platform reviews and things of that nature. So Jeff, just any comments you have around, you know, how trade reporting and so forth has kind of morphed into, hey, platform reviews for certain firms with capital markets? Sure. Thanks, Pete. Well, I think when you're looking at a platform review, we often think about clearing um, and how that can be automated and addressing the resources, which is obviously key. Uh, and it creates a lot of internal stress. But you have to look at all the aspects that go around that. Uh, everything from the onboarding and actually what's going to be needed from onboarding to actually successfully do trade reporting. It's kind of nuts, but that's the reality. Um, what onboarding will do to actually T plus one settlements, because you have to get the information up front, the standing instructions. Um, T plus one makes everything happen in the same day. So those are all additional stresses on the clearing platform plus all the electronic trading models that exist out there on the platforms. We do a, a lot of reg ATS reviews. Um, there's there's more being created every day. Firms have to connect there. You have your market access implications and there's a whole set of rules governing market access and, and uh, the technology that goes around that. And then you can't forget the basic trade surveillance and best execution that's all built around that. So it's all tied into the clearing platforms and the resources that are needed. Um, I'll, I'll share this observation, and I, I've I've read it, this and heard it from others. With the move to T plus one, with trade reporting going to what, one minute reporting, with with some exceptions, with case actually going live the same time that um, T plus one goes in place, I think we're going to see some real implications of firms that haven't paid attention to their platforms to their technology. I think we're going to see a real spike in fails um, come May. Uh, and if you haven't prepared or have the right resources, you're going to be exposed and you're going to need help. I think that's a great point because a lot of times when we get into the game, we all understand X's and O's. We all understand, you know, hitting, base running, the whole. But after a while, you forget that and you start looking too far out and you forget those X's and O's and those things that you have to do on a daily basis. And that's what I've seen your team be able to put together, you know, helping these firms understand, OK, you've had a misstep on some of those X's, whether it's a trade lopper reporting or something of that nature. But what it what it exposes is the fact that they haven't really done a great job of of managing the entire platform in itself. The actual X's and O is just a symptom of something that you know they found. I don't know if you have any comments on that, but I think that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, I mean that that's essentially it. Uh, maybe I can, you know, we're talking X's and O's. We've all sat in the seats. Um, I think it's great when I go in to do a market access review because I care about one thing in that client. And the people right. I'm talking to have 25 things they're worried about at that moment, not just market access. And that's a perfect, perfect example of leverage the expertise and the resources that are out there. 
take some of the pressure off. Um, I think firms are going to have to adapt that way. Nobody knows everything anymore. Um, that's that's a good way to address that challenge. Excellent point. So I'm I'm going to switch from Jeff Gerhard to Jay Donlan. Jay Donlan, uh, I've known Jay Donlan, but majority of my career, even though I'm older than him by a little bit, uh, but Jay has been someone that uh, we have welcomed to our team as a huge asset, not just from a consultant, but the perspective that you can bring, Jay. And that's because you've set in all the different worlds. You have set in an operations of a self-clearing firm. You have set in you know, creating a, a clearing firm at a particular firm. You have then gone and been at a client as an introducing firm. So you've seen it all. And you know, what do you what are you seeing out there? I mean, you've sat in all of those chairs at different firms. So you know, explain some of the drivers you're seeing that that's causing this sort of disruption in our industry. Yeah, Pete. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of um, disruption in the what we call the traditional W two channel. Everybody wants to be independent now. They figured out that, um, you know, when they went home for COVID, they don't need to have the office, you know, on Fifth Avenue. They can just go home and, and work and, and service their clients effectively that way. But at the firm level, we're seeing a tremendous amount of interest in these outsource models. And it has to do with the the drive to uh, reduce expenses. You know, what value am I providing as an introducing firm? Um, to my uh, to my organization, to my clients, do I need to be an introducing firm? Um, and so the clearing firms, uh, I've I've told one of the major clearing firms, your competitor now is these outsource firms, not not your traditional competitor. And so you need to figure out how to how to kind of address that. And they're working on it very diligently. Um, I think Pete touched on uh, you know firms that are considering, do I go self clearing? You know what does that mean now? Um, and you've got some service bureau providers that are popping up, trying to make it easier to go self-clearing. That business has been stagnant for years because people just can't get over the hurdle. They can't uh, make the investment to do it. So they're trying to figure out ways to make that more cost effective. But I think the number one disruptor has been these outsource firms um, in the industry. And uh, and it's it's allowing firms to basically say, you know, is supervision a value add in my firm or can I outsource that to somebody is operations a value add in my firm can I outsource that to somebody and uh and it's really they're really disrupting the industry um and it's a good disruption because it's a good question to ask you know can you differentiate yourself in the industry uh with service with culture uh in a way that makes it palatable for you to maybe have the extra expense and cover the extra expense um, and so these are a lot of the questions that we're we're seeing right now. Uh, the other thing, and I think you and you and uh, Dave Williams have talked about it, we're seeing a lot of traction um, on succession planning. There's a lot of firms out there that the owners are mid 60s or higher, and they're all sitting there scratching their head, going, "What's next? I don't feel like I have the people beneath me to take over the the firm and to take up the baton." And and so they're looking for kind of our help and how do we kind of navigate that situation? Um, and to get down to the to the level of the financial advisor, same thing with the financial advisors. We got lots of financial advisors in the industry that don't have a plan, don't have a plan if something were to happen to them, uh, you know, what happens to their book for their estate, you know, for their wife, their kids, whoever. And so we're we're encouraging firms to kind of get on that track and and we can call force it, 
but strongly encourage, um, you know, these succession plans, these uh, buy sell agreements, uh, whatnot, to to basically cover that, you know, as a as a basically a business continuity issue. So, it, and I think it's interesting, Jay, you, when when you brought up succession, you kind of went to the sort of the ownership, the owner type of a of a firm, but succession happens at the large firm, right? That they're trying to figure out where they've taken this business or should they continue this business any longer. So succession doesn't just have to be about one owner thinking about what do I do? It could be like a huge, you know, conglomerate firm owning a BD trying to figure out what is the next steps for it. Is it the right time to actually get out of this business? What pieces should I keep? What pieces should I get away from? And, you know, what what I found, Jay, is over this past year, three years ago, we would have never really thought we'd be getting calls to, hey, I want to start a new BD. Hey, I want to start a clearing firm. We're getting those phone calls. We're actually engaged with doing some of that today. And we three years ago when we were doing this, those were not the conversations we were having. But I think some of the technology partners now are driving that. Technology partners that are the service provider to a clearing firm or to a self-clearing firm are now trying to make it easier for these larger institutions to have decisions or have alternatives. And, you know, I can't think of a better team than the Oyster team here to help these firms kind of walk through what are those drivers with an eye on, you know, every individual that just spoke to to this audience today have sat in the seat. They've actually had these decisions in front of them. And I think that's what's the power of Oyster um, is all about, which is having the practitioner, not the consultant. You know, I just want to say it's been a, it's been an honor to to speak with the audience today. It was it was great to allow the audience to hear from the 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 powerhouse, the actual individuals that that do these engagements for us. You need to actually hear from the individuals that are working with you on a daily basis. So, you know, if there's ever any questions that any of you guys might have within the clearing custody space or within what is my operating model should be or what technologies would best support or where does tech and and compliance meet and how does that drive some of these decisions, Oyster Consulting is, is the place you need to call. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our experts and how Oyster can help your firm, visit our website at oysterllc.com. If you like what you heard today, follow us on whatever platform you listen to and give us a review. Reviews make it easier for people to find us. Have a great day.